0: Let us pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations in each of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the East African nation of Uganda, where I served as a Peace Corps volunteer, I learned quickly that many people carry small cloth handkerchiefs And these come in handy for many reasons. First of all, Uganda is a very dusty nation, especially during dry season. Most Ugandans do not own a vehicle, so they walk most places on dirt paths and dirt roads. And even a short walk can lead to one being covered from head to toe with a fine red dust. So they use their handkerchiefs to wipe their hair, their necks, their shoes, their faces, And that dust can make your nose run and your eyes water, as can a cold, so they use their handkerchiefs for that. The equatorial sun in Uganda can be scorching, and people on foot will often be seen with their handkerchiefs draped over their head as a shelter against the sun. I acquired my handkerchief soon after arriving in the small mountain town of Kapchorwa where I was to live and serve for two years. i just finished my three months of training with my other Peace Corps volunteers. The 20-so of us were ushered to the taxi park, put on a taxi, and most of us, filled with trepidation, were sent off on hours-long journey to remote places where we would live, not knowing anyone when we arrived. I was certainly terrified and very homesick by this time. My first Sunday came, and I decided to attend the Protestant church in this little town, as much just to be surrounded by other people as to worship God. So I made my way to this church, and I saw other people on foot making their way there as well. And as I walked, I became overwhelmed with the feelings of sadness, thinking about my family, going to their church, and tears came to me that I could not help. And as I walked, a a gentleman, Moses, and his family came up beside me, and they were also going to church. He heard me sniffling. And only later did I realize he had no idea I was crying, because in Uganda, adults don't cry in public. Usually babies or young children. It's not part of their culture. And I was quite relieved. He just thought I had a cold. So he dug into his pocket to pull out a clean, neatly folded handkerchief, and he handed it to me. When I tried to refuse, he insisted I take it. And in that moment, a wave of comfort washed over me by the kindness of this stranger. I felt seen. I felt a tiny bit known. I felt a reprieve from my tears and sadness, and I felt so much less alone. The memory of that handkerchief I carry in my pocket 20 years later. So with Moses and his family, we enter the Kapchorwa Primary School that served as their house of worship. On Sundays, all who entered transformed that small classroom into church, first and foremost by showing up, by squeezing together shoulder to shoulder, big and small and old and young, into those kid-sized benches. That space became church when they sung their praises to God, only to the rhythms of the homemade gourds that the choir used to lead them. That classroom became church when the preacher proclaimed God's love story through the story of Jesus as found in the scripture. It became church when those members shared their verbal testimonies of the goodness of God. And when they passed the basket to receive their weekly tithes and offerings. And then when they passed the basket a second time, sometimes a third and a fourth time until enough additional money was collected to help another congregation deep in the village who needed to make their ends meet or to help a family of their own that was especially in need that week or to ensure their youth group could attend a conference in the capital city. Those people transformed that room into church when they offered their prayers to God in thanksgiving when they asked God for help, and when they prayed for the needs and the tragedies of the world, and when they sought the Holy Spirit's refreshing every Sunday to begin another week of doing their best to take church out from that room and into the world, and to carry out the labor of their lives, the daily ordeals they faced in their poor, developing nation of hard work in their fields, with hopes that their crop would yield enough food to feed their family until the next harvest came. Or that they would find enough money to pay the overdue school fees, or to finally buy the uniform or shoes their kids still lacked. Or to care for the sick and dying loved ones who suffered from diseases so treatable in our developed world, but still very life-threatening to their nation where proper healthcare is still lacking. This church I would eventually call one of my Ugandan homes and those people would become my friends and my Ugandan family. And during my two years with them, together as church we would raise enough money to break ground on a plot of land next to that school, to begin construction one brick at a time as that offering plate would allow them to buy what would become All Saints Church of Kapchorwa, Uganda, a church that houses the saints of Kapchorwa for almost 20 years now. Author Frederick Beekner writes that in God's flirtation with the world, God occasionally drops a pocket handkerchief. And these handkerchiefs are called saints. Well, through that offering of a real handkerchief, by one of God's saints named Moses. That Sunday morning in Uganda became something brand new. I got to witness the communion of saints who gathered every Sunday in that small church. And I learned something about how God gives us to one another, saint to saint, child of God to child of God, to help, to encourage, to care for, to accept, and to love one another along our earthly journeys of faith and life, through the joyful times and through every ordeal and trial that we will face. Today on All Saints Sunday, we remember saints past and present. In our Reformed tradition, along with giving thanks for those faithful of ages past, we emphasize God's ongoing work, of holy-making inside of us, of sanctification. We give thanks for God's work throughout the world in all of God's people. And we do not put saints on pedestals as holier than others. We thank God for the ordinary, holy lives of all who strive to live lives faithful to God's path in this and every age, through whom God does extraordinary things, big and small, to touch the lives of others with the love and peace of Christ. Today our scripture comes from Revelation. A word about the book of Revelation first. This book was not written to scare people. Some interpretations would like us to be afraid. Quite the contrary, it was written to comfort people. We're given a vision through John of Patmos, who received a revelation from God of this great multitude of saints in the heavenly realm surrounding the throne of God and the lamb on that throne people from every language and nation and race and as this was John's imagination that God had given him we as listeners today also need to engage it with our own imagination this is literature poetic And it's describing the harsh reality of the original audience, these small churches who were living under great persecution. Anyone who was not worshiping the emperor, who worshiped God, was likely martyred for their faith. They needed hope and a promise for their future. And this is the vision John received. It's a a vision of victory, of people waving palm branches Proclaiming freedom at last and every voice and tongue coming together to praise God and they are saying salvation belongs to God it does not belong to anything of the world no emperor no ruler then or now that claims authority over us salvation does not belong to any worldly system that would promise us personal freedom or security or control or autonomy. And when we do seek that and find that in the world's ways, someone always pays. That's not so in God's realm, where no one is lost and all receive the victory. In John's hopeful vision, every child of God will know an end to all sorrow, an end to any ordeal of hardship. The promise is God shelters us under God's tent from any scorching heat. We will never know hunger. The waters of life will quench our thirst. And every tear of sorrow will be replaced with tears of joy. A fellow pastor I know shares, You may not know the journey you're on, but God knows the journey you're on. And God knows who needs to be in your life. Who needs to be in our lives are those that show up as our saints. Those who live in the way of Christ, not for self, but for others. And they never do this perfectly. We all have moments where we live for ourselves. And as God's saints being sanctified, we will have moments when we live for others. And this is the good news of the joy of the gospel. When, saints, when we encounter saints, we know and we're compelled to live out our own saintliness and to build up others. We have many saints in our lives, some we know personally, our grandmothers, our parents, other family members, maybe a teacher, a friend, a mentor. Or we have saints in our lives we may have never met. Some are widely known, like Nelson Mandela, Dorothy Day, Teresa of Lisieux, or Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. The saints show up in our lives may be strangers, like Moses and Kapturwa. They may come to us like God's handkerchiefs, dropped into the world for the love of Christ, just when we need it most. Saints may never know how their lives touch another, nor do they seek to know this. What they seek is out of gratitude for God's love and gifts to them, is that other people would know how much God loves them. They want to help them on their journey. Saints are not striving for the things of the world, the promises of the world's salvation through power or status or our retirement accounts, but they're striving for God's salvation, modeled by Jesus, who lived this way, surrendering to win, allowing to be broken in order to be healed, and dying to self in order to truly live. Osceola McCarty was no one the world would ever emulate. And the Reverend Barbara Brown Taylor tells us her story. McCarty was mostly invisible to the eyes of the world until she became quite old. She was a black woman from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, never married, and a laundress in her family's laundry business. She dropped out of school at the age of 12 to care for an aunt who became crippled and moved in with her family. And when her aunt became better a year later, Osceola decided she was too big and maybe too old to return to school. So she stayed at home to continue her mother and her help her mother and grandmother in their laundry business in their backyard. For the next 75 years, McCarty worked and scrubbed clothes from sunup to sundown. And it was only when she became 87 that anyone fully knew that she was a saint. It was at that time that she gave $150,000, her entire life savings, to the University of Southern Mississippi for a scholarship for black students. Suddenly, reporters and photographers could not get enough of Osceola. Local businesses wanted to match her by pledging. And the first young black woman who was awarded the scholarship all but adopted McCarty as her own grandmother. When McCarty was asked over and over why she did not spend the money on herself, even part of it, she replied, I am spending it on myself as she smiled a sly smile when we're living out of our saintliness that's what we do out of God's love we give away our love to help others and in so doing we give ourselves the gift of Christ's joy that's how God works saint to saint we build each other up As we think about John's vision in Revelation, I want to invite us now in some silence where I will guide us to engage our imaginations. God speaks to us through them when we open. So as you are comfortable, I invite you to close your eyes and consider that scene in the Bible passage of that great multitude of saints who have gone before us whose work now of pure joy is, along with praising God, is to serve as our cheerleaders. They are there around us now, cheering us on, these fellow saints of ours. They want us to know our victory. They are cheering us on and praying for us as we pass through our own ordeals. Think of the saints who have already known their victory, those you have loved. See their faces. What are they saying to you? What do they want you to know about God? Think of saints you encounter in your present life, perhaps Moses and Osceola, who you met this morning, or the neighbor child you witnessed offer a random act of kindness, any others who have shown you the love of Christ. How does that make you feel? What does it tell you about God? And now consider, how is God calling you to serve as saints for others? Who has God placed on your heart? Who may need some cheering on, your words of kindness or affirmation or your secret prayers? Who in the world that you may not know may need your prayers? We think of the victims of the New York City tragedy. We think of all the saints in the world who are oppressed. How can we cheer them on today? God, we thank you for Knox Church, for gathering us this day as just a part of your great multitude of saints who surround us now, how you work through our beautiful, ordinary lives to do extraordinary things for the love of Christ. Until all the world experiences your shelter, until all the world no longer hungers or thirsts, till we all gladly follow the Lamb who leads us to waters of life until we rejoice as you wipe every tear from every eye. Thanks be to God. Amen.